This is Live On Purpose Radio, episode 525, The Art of Becoming Flossom, with Christina Mandlakiani. Now is the only time to create and live the life you love. I'm Dr. Paul Jenkins, the positivity psychologist. My job is to connect you to powerful positive psychology principles that immediately upgrade your relationships, business, and mental health. Are you ready? Let's jump in. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Live On Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life with another episode of Live On Purpose Radio. I love today's topic, and I am really eager to get into a conversation today with Christina Mandlakiani. She has such a rich history and and is one of the top online leaders in the personal transformation industry. I'm just excited. Christina, welcome to Live On Purpose Radio. Thank you so much for having me on your show. It's it's an honor. I'm I'm excited to talk to you for a couple of reasons. Mm -hmm. Your book, which is coming out in the spring of 2023, is called The Art of Becoming Flossom. And just the title caught my attention. And then <laughs> your website, and I looked at a couple of the talks that you had given around self-acceptance and how mm-hmm. when we embrace our true nature as fallible, flawed human beings and realize that that is exactly perfect for who we are, mm-hmm. um, that has so much to do with mental health and positivity. I was just excited to invite you to the show. <laughs> Maybe you could start us out with why this is so important to you. Why is it that you get so excited about this message that you're sharing with the world? Well, I think uh, the uh, simplest, shortest answer would be that the easiest thing to be is to be you. Uh, it actually makes life so much easier. It's, uh, in a way, minimalism in life. Uh, I don't need to pretend to put all this effort into something else. Uh, it's um, in, in one of the Marvel movies, um, X-Men, um, I think it was called First Class. There's this episode where there is a character, Mystique, who uh, looks very outlandish. She has blue scaly skin and red hair, but she shows, and and she also shapes, uh, she's a shapeshifter. So she uh, mostly shows up as a beautiful blonde woman. Uh, And then there's dialogue between her and another character. And another character tells her that, you know, you put so much effort into looking something else that you're paying only half attention to the things that matter. And of course, in that movie, it's so vivid and so illustrative because she uh, she actually has to save her life. Something drops on her and she turns immediately into her uh, natural form, not, not, not the beautiful blonde woman that she usually shows up as. Uh, in our real life, I think the same happens. We sometimes put so much effort trying to be something, trying to look something, trying to um, trying to correspond to other people's expectations that, that we only get half of our focus and attention and energy uh, for the things that truly matter. So at some point I discovered that uh, the best way for me to function 100% and to be fully present is to stop trying to be something which is not me. (laughs) Right. And it's, it's scary to do that. I'm not even sure why. (laughs) 
you know, we make up all of these things about, oh, people aren't going to like me or they're going to see my flaws or my weaknesses. What have you learned about that? You know, I I would like to... Uh... To question, though, the the logic of, oh, the people are going to see my flaws and weaknesses. Yeah. Yes, it is, it is kind of uh, tempting to say it's our biological need to be accepted, and it is our biological need to be accepted. We've been uh, hardwired into that since since the dawn of human consciousness, because if we were not part of, of a bigger tribe, we'd, we'd, we'd be killed, essentially. Uh, so, yes, there is that aspect of that. But I think the first person that we are afraid to show our flaws and weaknesses is the person that looks us back in the mirror. Uh, it's uh, I'll, I'll give a very s- simple maybe analogy and maybe a little bit funny. I do not know if you post on social media and maybe you maybe you don't have that thing, but I do. Whenever I post on social media uh, and I see who's seen my post or who's liked it or who's uh, you know you know how it works in social media. Yeah. You, Of course you care about the numbers, but there is always this one, two, maybe a handful of people that you care about the more, most. Mm. Has that person seen my post? Had that person commented, liked? So it's, it's kind of a nice story that we tell ourselves, oh, is the world going to accept us? It's not really about the world. It's about the closest circle. It's first about, you know, when when me and my ex-husband decided to divorce, it wasn't the whole world that I was afraid to tell it to. It was my children and my parents. Uh, So it comes closer and closer. And actually, the closer you come to your personal, to your own self, the scarier it becomes. Because once you uh, uh, see yourself for what you are, uh, you really are in danger of two things. Uh, thing number one is that you might not like what you see. Mm. And this is such a scary thing because we've we've learned since childhood that you need to earn love. You need to be good to be worthy of love. So what if I don't like what I see? Does that mean that I won't be able to love myself? And the other thing that we are afraid subconsciously is that if we knew if we see the truth, we might have to change things. <laughs> So sometimes, if I'm understanding you correctly, Christina, you're, this fear of, you know, will other people accept me really comes down to a more fundamental fear of, do I find myself to be acceptable? Am I okay with me? But 100%. out to other people and pretend that maybe they don't accept us. It's 100% so. It- you know, I've been in personal growth for 20 years and I've learned one very simple um, causality. <laughs> ah. Your relationship with the world is a reflection of your relationship with yourself. And for me, it's a very important rule. Uh, I judge my relationship with myself by how I interact with the world. The more irritated and frustrated and angry and restless I become with the things around me, the more it is the sign for me to look inside and ask, what is it inside me that's being triggered? Why am I not at peace with the world being messed up and crazy? It has been always like that. What triggers me? And I've also noticed it's much easier to be patient with the others if you can learn to be patient with yourself. It's much easier to be forgiving with the others if you can forgive yourself. And so it goes. So definitely, definitely your the first critic in your life is is yourself. It's the voice 
your self-talk, the voice in your head. It's fascinating to me, as I've worked with children, for example, you know, you go into a, a kindergarten class, for example, and you ask, how many of you are artists? And every hand goes up. Every kid in that class, they're artists and they know it. And they're happy to jump in and create something, right? And then as we grow and as we develop, we tend to, to shift away from that. Um, and I'm not sure why all of that happens. I know that there's societal pressures. As our brain develops, we start to think differently. And maybe that's where that inner critic starts mm -hmm. to overrule some of the confidence that we have as children. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's kind of sad that we lose that. Well, uh, it is definitely sad. And uh, staying a child uh, or having that childish, the, the beautiful part of being a child is, is definitely a good, a good quality to carry through your life. Of course, there are things about uh, childish responses which are not very healthy. But, uh, <laughs> but, but being a child in the sense of uh, uh, how, how you look at yourself, how you see yourself in the world is a healthy approach. Uh, maybe it is easier to turn it around a little bit. Uh, for me, the bar of uh, self-love is uh, is determined by the purest form of unconditional love that we can experience uh, easily. Uh, for most of us, it's, it's loving your child. Uh, for those who don't have children, maybe it's loving a pet or loving uh, loving someone in your life. There is usually at least someone in our life that we are capable of loving without an effort, unconditionally. And that, for me, is the bar for uh, what does it mean to love yourself unconditionally and to have a healthy self-love. So I like to compare it to love to the ch uh, children because children are uh, innocent and pure, and we tend to uh, expect the best of them and think the best of them and assume good things about them and not judge them <laughs> unfairly. <laughs> so that's that's why I like to compare it to love to the children. This I'm thinking about your title for your upcoming book, The Art of Becoming Flawsome. And you built the word flaw in <laughs> you know I was watching it's it's the holiday season right now when we're recording this episode of Live on Purpose Radio. And there's um, a classic, well, it wasn't originally a classic, but it's kind of become a, a popular classic, The Santa Claus with Tim Allen. And this this television show, or this movie that Tim Allen made, and there's a couple of sequels, and I, th I think it's in the second Santa Claus movie where they create a plastic version of the Tim Allen character, Santa Claus, and it's creepy. <laughs> it, 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 you know what I'm referring to there? I don't no, know. I haven't seen the movie, though. <laughs> well, it, so it's Santa, the Tim Allen character, has yeah. to often take care of something. So they create a toy stick full-size Santa <laughs> to take over for him. And there's no flaws. Ah, uh, yes. There are no flaws. His skin is completely clear. And every little curve and angle is perfect and it's creepy mm. it's just it freaks you out a little bit because people are not supposed to be that way true yeah yeah we're supposed it, to have these little characteristics and 
call them flaws if you want, but they are idiosyncratic little things that are unique to you. And that's part of what makes people people instead of plastic toys. Yeah, synthetic organisms. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Although uh, I do go, um, I do, I do invite people to go a little further down this uh, road uh, in my book, uh, because uh, there there are degrees uh, to uh, accepting your flaws. We are sometimes judgmental about our flaws as well. Uh, right. For for women, a huge struggle is, for example, body. But then it's still all superficial. T- in in some way uh what i try to convey is that it is often the very uh qualities and and flaws and characteristics uh in us that we shrink from that we are ashamed of we're ashamed to share ashamed to say about them uh where our biggest value lies so i want people to go a little deeper and to not just love and accept themselves despite the flaws with them but to see the value in having your, um, you know, it, it, you are the way you are because of the experience you have had in your life. And it is probably the hardest uh, thing for a lot of us to come to peace with with our life's journey, with every single aspect of that. Mm. Well, you used an interesting word. You said despite. Yes. And sometimes we get into that trap of thinking, oh, this thing is really terrible and unacceptable, but I'll love myself anyway. Anyway, yes. As Mm -hmm. opposed to, I think what the vibe I'm getting from you, Christina, is that that we look at those aspects of ourselves and we love ourselves because of those. Or as as part of the, the greater picture of who we are and not just, you know, okay, I get it that I've got these flaws, but I'll love myself anyway, or despite those things. You're going to a different level with this. That I, I do, I do hope to go to a different level with this, but that of course requires courage because, uh, as I said, uh, it is so hard to admit to yourself that you might not be the perfect picture that you would like to be. And of course, we all know that we have flaws, but we usually, when we think about, ah, oh, yeah, I'm not perfect, I'm just human. We think about the things that we have uh, managed to accept and to and to be at peace with. Normally, um, I like to bring another analogy when people fall in love, uh, we all have a subconscious list of qualities that uh, make someone our ideal partner. So when we fall in love, uh, of course, uh, it's because that person ticks off the, the, all the right boxes, but also biology helps along. <laughs> it comes and it, yes. and it uh, intoxicates us. And uh, for a long time, uh, we are wired to actually uh, help ourselves fall in love. And then uh, when um, when chemicals subside and we become a little bit back to our normal selves, uh, we start seeing the person that we fell in love with for what they are. Uh, and we realize that that person is not so perfect, is not so ideal and doesn't check every single box. And there are probably red flags as well. And then we have a choice. Uh, we either learn to love that person for what they are, the way they are, or we uh, we start struggling. We unlove, get disillusioned, maybe walk away and look for another partner. Now, when it comes to self-love, that's such a scary thing because we don't have the choice number two. If we discover that we are not the picture of perfection that we would like to be, uh, 
then uh, really the only choice we have is to learn to love the imperfect version. And what if it isn't possible? You know, it's easy to uh, say, I love myself despite, I do not know, like extra five kilos or despite being uh, uh, saying silly jokes or despite my weird accent. These are the easy things, but there are qualities in us that we actually struggle with. Can you can you find courage to to unmask those qualities and to look look them in the eye and ask what what unique value do you give to me? Can I can I make you into my blessing rather than being my curse? This this requires some some introspection, some courage, and some kindness. It really does, which will help us in our other relationships too. For sure, I, you said something about that earlier about how. How we view ourselves is really how we tend to view the world. And that's what we're going to project into all of the other aspects of our life. So what you're talking about here is so crucial to experiencing joy and happiness and success in our relationships, our business, our everything that we engage in starts with where we are with ourselves. And, and True. How we practice that self-acceptance. Yes, that's that's definitely so, and um, uh, that's why that's why I truly believe that a lot of the troubles of the Earth, of the planet Earth, and our humanity, come from lack of self-love. And it may sound a little uh, unexpected because we live in that exhibitionist world where everybody shows off and tries to tries to. Um, you know, look cool and look, look look happy and look perfect and look successful. So it, we definitely live in a fairly self-obsessed world, uh, egocentric, self-obsessed world. But the interesting thing is that uh, this is not abundance of self-love. This is lack of self-love. So if I if I can uh, uh, talk about another analogy, uh, I, I have a cup. It's not transparent, but if it was transparent, you'd see that I have tea somewhere here. Uh, so imagine that you are a vessel and love is the liquid, or in my case, tea in my cup. Uh, selfishness is when you don't have enough in your cup. So you have to uh, suck it out from around yourself, from the world around you. You can't give yourself the love. So you start looking for love, for approval from your environment and sucking it up. It up. If, my if my cup was full of tea to the brim, I wouldn't be able to pour anything on top of it. It would spill over. Right. So I think that uh, our idea that our world is self-obsessed, yeah, our world is self-obsessed, but this is not because we have too much self-love. It's because we don't have enough. Because we don't have enough. And so we're looking for it and desperately trying to obtain it from sources yeah. that could never really give it to us. Or they don't have to. <laughs> we uh, the only person who whose love uh, any one of us can reasonably expect is our own. Mm -hmm. Everybody else is free to to not love you if they don't want to. You've been doing this for a while. <laughs> Tell us, if you would, where where we start. If if this is making sense, and it does to me, and I think some of some of you who are listening, you're going to be thinking, yeah, I, I can see that makes sense. Where would we start? 
to get to that level of self-acceptance and self-love, what do you recommend? Um, it's, it's, it is a process, of course. So any transformation starts with awareness. I think that's uh, the skill number one. And it's an easy one. It doesn't require any uh, painful realizations. In fact, you, you just uh, learn to pay attention to what is happening, to what is happening in your head, in your heart, around you, in your relationships. Just ask yourself questions. What's going on? Why do I, why do I feel like this? Why do I ask this? Uh, so awareness is definitely a prerequisite for any kind of transformation. But if we uh, compare it to, let's say, any kind of academic education, then awareness is essentially literacy. Before you go study uh, physics or chemistry or anything, you need to learn to read because that's the medium uh, through which you you obtain knowledge. Right. So awareness is like literacy, like knowing how to read. And that is definitely step number one for any transformation, whichever course you take, whichever, uh, wherever you want to go with your life. Now, when it comes to self-love per se, I, uh, I actually give a few different steps. I do think that people, uh, contemporary people, should understand emotions a little better than we do. We live in a world where we idealize not feeling, and I call it, it's my own term, I call it emotional analgesia. We kind of idealize being detached, being uh, zen, being unfeeling in essence, I'm feeling, uh, which is very unhealthy. So I do give uh, quite a big chapter in my book on um, how to how to learn to, to just feel the feels, <laughs> no matter what they are. <laughs> and then we go into, into the heavy duty work. And here I talk about three uh, skills, uh, which are, well, I call them skills. It's probably not the very precise word, but the three skills are honesty, self-honesty, honesty with yourself, kindness, and courage. And these three things are uh, the qualities that you will need to learn to love, accept yourself. Well, first to get to know yourself and then accept yourself and then love yourself. And then find strength and your unique value in the things that that make you. And they might be the things that you're used to hating. For sure. You get to renew your relationship with those things that you have found to be unacceptable in the past. Yes. Because like you said earlier, Christina, you can't you can't just divorce yourself. You can't just run off to you know, whatever your next you is. <laughs> oh, we do that though. We attempt, you know, the next me is the version. The next me is the wise version. And then we and then we go down that path, hoping to escape the dragons, which will forever be in your basement. So we all have the dragons. Uh, the question is, we, we don't always know all the dragons that live in our basement. Uh, the problem is that we often try to eradicate them and to fight them, and that doesn't work. And I can give you some easy examples to start with, but of course it goes a little deeper. Uh, a lot of us complain about being perfectionists. You see, there's a difference between trying to stop uh, doing something which is an unhealthy habit. I do not know, like eating chocolate or smoking or uh, overdoing with with things. Uh, and and they're objectively bad habits. Uh, but then there are qualities in us which cannot be eradicated. You can change certain behaviors. You can change certain skills. You can even change habits. But you cannot eradicate a part of yourself. 
It's right. not healthy. So uh, for some people, perfectionism is a habit. In my case, I discovered it's just part of me. And at some point a few years ago, I heard this wonderful uh, idea some friend of mine was saying I'm a recovered perfectionist and I adopted it, but it didn't work for me because I realized at some point I can't recover from being me. Mm-hmm. What I can do, and perfectionist is an easy one. I, I Granted, it is, a, it is a very easy e- easy flaw to look in their eyes and, and accept. But what I discovered is that uh, since, since it is so uh, such an innate quality in me, uh, rather than trying to fight it and to put all this effort into trying not to be something that I am, I'd rather learn to live with that, learn to deal with this, create systems and structures in my life which will help me to not get uh, paralyzed by perfectionism. But also uh, finding the the value in being like that, because as a perfectionist, of course, I have a really high bar, which is kind of good because it does make me occasionally uh, put extra effort where maybe I would have gone, you know, slacked. So there are uh, good things about that. But then I said perfectionism is a, an easy one. There are much harder ones. I discovered things about me which uh, in any kind of dictionary would be considered negative. But the question is, can you take those negatives and turn them? As my friend, uh, unfortunately, is uh, he's, he's dead by now, but he used to say, are you going to make it your curse or your blessing? That's the question. And you do have some control over which direction that goes. Because I think thinking. Uh, you know, I, I love I love to quote uh, other people because there were so many wise and still are wise people out there. So Tolkien, through the words of uh, <laughs> Gandalf, <laughs> uh-huh. had this kind of conversation. It's slightly it's slightly a different context, but it makes sense. Uh, you know, when Frodo was getting tired of his quest, and I assume that everybody knows Lord of the Rings and and poor poor little uh, Hobbit Frodo who had to save Middle Earth from. <laughs> from the black death so he had a very very heavy burden and and he asked uh, Gandalf why why me and Gandalf the wizard said we don't always get to choose the times where when we live in but we always get to choose what we do with the times that are given to us right so we don't always get to choose our experience we don't always get to choose the the traumas that we carry from our childhood, the qualities that we develop, the 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 things that make us us. We don't always get to choose what it is, but we always have a choice what to do with that. That's where the freedom is. Yes. And you know what? Until we see it as a choice, it's not. And we'll just no. work with, with whatever our programming is, right? So you said earlier, the first step is awareness. Aware, I think you compared it to literacy, right? This <laughs> yes. Becoming aware of it puts us in a position where, okay, now we can actually have some choice about what direction we take it. And yeah. then I, I also love what you said about get good at feeling the feels. <laughs> Allow yourself to feel it. You don't have to be afraid of the feelings that are coming up because that will instruct you. And and then you can use that to move forward. I think you said honesty, kindness, and courage are those three 
key elements that we can then choose once we're aware of it and we allow ourselves to feel, then we can take it in the direction that we choose through honesty, kindness, and courage. Yes. And then that magically changes the world. (laughs) That's the path. Uh, That's the path, I think. Yeah, you know, awareness, I do talk about awareness as a a separate topic sometimes because I think it's such a a wonderful superpower. Uh, It changes so much. And because I'm a huge fan of psychology, then I usually... um, I usually talk about it from that point of view because awareness allows you to create space in your living experience. And as you create space in your living experience, you have, you have that freedom of choice. You, you know, you can still feel what you feel, but choose to act out of your values rather than out of whatever you feel. I I just had an interview a little earlier with a neuropsychologist who, uh, who was telling me that, uh, you know, that animal part of us is always going to be there. So rather than trying to deny it or pretend that it's not there or or try to eradicate it uh the the awareness gives you that space in your living experience where you can acknowledge it yes. and still act out of your uh whatever higher uh conscious uh, creature that you have become <laughs> through evolution <laughs> um and that's that's one of the powers of awareness there's another superpower uh, the, another quality super quality in awareness is that it gives you um motivation and it gives you reason to change and i actually encourage people to go into practicing awareness awareness not with judgment which we often often like to do but with curiosity because you don't even need to judge yourself. We are sometimes, we underestimate how good we are. Very often we think, oh no, I'm so horrible. Like I will never get rid of that, whatever bad habit it is. But the moment when you start switching on awareness, you start noticing your choices. Mm-hmm. You start noticing how these choices affect your life, your future, your body, whatever. You actually find motivation where you didn't know existed to start changing because you don't need to start convincing yourself that something needs to change. You notice, you notice, maybe with curiosity, maybe without judgment, maybe with kindness and acceptance, you notice that you make this mistake over and over again. At one point, you're like, okay, I don't want to make it anymore. Mm. And there was no effort. All it took was noticing. Being aware. Yeah. Yes. Christina, I am loving this conversation. I could go on for hours, but... Um, I think we need to turn you loose for what what's next for you. As, as we come to the end of our conversation here today, I know that some of our listeners are thinking, wow, this is triggering some things for me. Where would you encourage people to go to connect with you or to see what what's available through the work that you're doing? So, of course, now that I'm about to launch my book, <laughs> yeah. I would like to invite people to buy my book because that's that's my big project for 2023 and it's it's the biggest thing that you can do for me because i believe that um you know i've been in personal growth as uh, as an entrepreneur and as an author this is my first book baby and um yeah that's that's where i i, I would ask you to to support me and to get to know me because the book i'm much better writer than i'm a speaker by the way <laughs> Well, that's got to be pretty awesome then because you've done a nice job expressing yourself verbally. Uh, Once again, the book is called The Art of Becoming Flossom, F-L-A-W-S-O-M-E. It's 
It's very easy to find it. It's christinamand.com slash book. So it's as simple as it can be, except that my man, uh, my, my family name, sorry, my name is not simple. It's <laughs> evening here. I think I'm starting to lose my ability to speak eloquently. So it's Christina Mand, Christina with a K, okay. M-A-N-D. Yeah. M-A-N-D. So christinamand.com slash book. And if you lose track of the slash book, you can, there's a place to pre-order your book right there on the website as well. So, yeah. um, so go connect with it, folks. I, I'm excited to do that myself. I will be picking up a copy that is going on my shelf of fame because <laughs> of this conversation with me. And uh, Christina, thank you so much for your contributions here at Live On Purpose Radio today. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Folks, hopefully that has triggered something for you. You know the drill. It's time to go live on purpose. Did you get what you came for? Give yourself the gift of taking real action on what you realized today. Please share this episode with someone you know would value it. And leave us a rating too. It's time now to live on purpose.